Welcome back to yet another MTG podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about all things Magic the Gathering and most of the time about the format known as Commander. I am your host, Nigel, and today we are talking about Brothers War... Oh, oh, sorry about that. Uh, Hello? Yeah, this is he. Oh, yeah, Jumpstart? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. When's it come out again? Friday? Like next Friday? This Friday. The third? New set. And new Commander decks? So, I, I can't talk about Brothers War anymore. That's old news. But it came out... Alright. Okay. I'll write up the new script now. Alright, bye. Well, welcome back to yet another MTG podcast. Uh, we're getting another new set, guys. Jumpstart 2022 comes out Friday, along with more Commander decks and more product. All right, let's look at the new Commanders, I guess, because we need more of those right now. And if you're like me, you already tried to build like three of the Brothers War Commanders, and now we got new Commanders. I think I'm ready for this episode. Here we go. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to go over five new commanders from Jumpstart 2022. These commanders will be available starting Friday. Yay. Let's jump into it. First up, we have Ashcoat of the Shadow Swarm. Ashcoat is a legendary creature rat warlock that reads, Whenever Ashcoat of the Shadow Swarm attacks or blocks, other rats you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of rats you control. At the beginning of your end step, you may mill four cards. If you do, return up to two rat creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. This commander is clearly rat tribal, so you might as well lean super into that. Maronar is of course one of the most popular go-to rat tribal commanders, seeing as it is a 3 and 2 black legendary creature rat rogue, and it is a 2-3, and it reads all rats have fear, so they can't be blocked except by artifact creatures or creatures that share the same color. And it has tap, sacrifice a rat, put X-1-1 black rat creature tokens into play, where X is the number of rats you control. Ashcoat is definitely a really strong commander for rat tribal because it's able to anthem all of our rats, because one thing about rats is usually you have a bunch of them, but they're really tiny, so Ashcoat being able to, like, coat of arms them for attacks and blocks, which is really nice, so we don't die because we're probably only going to have a few 1-1s on the board. This commander just seems kind of neat, I'm not going to lie. I know I always said about how burnt out we all are because we're getting another set, but man, they just keep throwing cool legendary creatures our way. And rats, rats are kind of a cool creature type that sometimes get cool cards, but slowly over time they've been getting more and more like unique pieces. Like Nashi's a really cool legendary rat we got in Kamigawa. But right now we're talking about Ashko of the Shadowstorm. So... Just thinking about how we would brew this commander. Obviously, we're doing Rat Tribal. So Piper of the Swarm is a must. We got that back in Throne of Eldraine. 
It gives all of our rats menace. It pumps out rats. And if we pay four mana, tap him, and sacrifice three rats, we get to gain control of target creature, which is nice. Being able to steal a creature on the board that maybe we just can't get through with our rats, or it's troublesome, or anything like that, we can just gain control of it. Or if their commander's just getting out of hand, we can just steal it. Obviously, if we are going rat tribal, most of our deck is probably going to consist of rat colonies, which is gives me flashbacks to Dominaria United standard because that's when I used to play the most and Rat Colony and Tetsuku decks were kind of all over the place at my local game store and they were really cool to see but they were really annoying to fight against. Uh, rat Colony is a one and a black creature rat and it says Rat Colony gets plus one plus zero for each other rat you control which we're gonna have a lot of those and a deck can have any number of cards named Rat Colony and it's a two one. So Rat Colony already is gonna get a boost of power because we're playing rats and then Ashcoat is going to bump its power up again just because of it being a rat. And we're going to have a lot of rats. Again, these are only two mana creatures. And also thanks to our commander with having that weird mill effect and then recursion, we don't really care if rat colonies die because they're only two mana. We can just keep bringing them back over and over again thanks to our commander. So keeping Ashcoat on the battlefield is going to be key in this deck. We're obviously going to be running Lightning Greaves and Swiftfoot Boots to give him Hexproof and Shroud, so he can't be targeted by spells and abilities. Also, Lightning Greaves and, and I guess, Swiftfoot too, with the Haste Enabler is also nice too, since we can start smacking people around with our rats right away, since he can get that attack trigger anthem. Since we are, ha since we do have that mill sub-theme thanks to our commander, and we are going tribal, you know we're going to run Patriarch's Bidding. It is a 3 and 2 black sorcery that says each player chooses a creature type, each player returns all creature cards of a type chosen this way from their graveyard to the battlefield. So since we're going to be milling away our rats, we play Patriarch's Bidding and we bring all of our rats from our graveyard back to the battlefield. Yes, our opponents are going to be able to choose a creature type, but unless they are playing a tribal deck, this probably isn't going to do a whole lot for them. They might get to recur one thing. They might not even have a graveyard. I mean, we're going to be milling throughout the course of the game, so filling up our graveyard and having a lot of rats come into play for only 5 mana... That's really, that's pretty good. Seeing as our commander anthems them all again, that's pretty cool. And of course, since we are playing tribal, we might as well throw in Vanquisher's Banner and Herald's Horn. Both are, uh, Vanquisher's Banner is a five mana anthem for rats, and it's also going to draw us a card whenever we cast one. And Herald's Horn is a cost reductor for rats, and at the beginning of their upkeep, we can look at the top card of our library, and if it's a rat, we can reveal it and put it into our hand. So it's additional card draw and a cost reductor. So it makes rat colonies only one black mana, which is highly affordable. So this is just a very clearly rat tribal commander. Flood the board with rats, keep them growing in power and number thanks to Ashcoat of the Shadow Swarm. All right, well, that was one commander down. Only four more to go. These aren't even all the legendary creatures that we're getting in this new set, in case you didn't know. There's like 20 of them, 25? I don't even know. Too many, too many legendary creatures right now. But that's not going to stop us from moving right along on to Kibo. Yuktabi Prince is a legendary creature monkey noble for two and a green. He's a 2-2 creature that reads, tap. Each player creates a colorless artifact token named banana. With tap, sacrifices artifact, add red or green. You gain two life. 
If that was all he said, he would be a really interesting Golgari artifact token group hug deck, but that's not all he says. Whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control that's an ape or a monkey. Another tribal deck. That's very unique. And he has one more line of text. Whenever Kibo attacks, defending player sacrifices an artifact. This commander is super, super strong. There are so many artifacts, specifically tokens, that sacrifice themselves. We got treasures, clues, food, blood, and now apparently banana tokens. I mean, there's there are so many artifact tokens that sacrifice themselves, and treasures are like, you know, every deck, every commander deck has treasures in it at this point, and I don't think they're going to stop printing treasure tokens. They are like pretty strong, and they're very good. I don't know why any deck wouldn't want to have a treasure token thrown in or just a card that gives you a treasure token. It's always nice to have those on cards. So whenever an artifact an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, we get to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature we control that's an ape or a monkey. So if we give them those bananas and they don't sac if they sacrifice them, they are obviously going to get some mana and some life, but that really doesn't matter because it's going to anthem up all of our creatures. And if they happen to be running treasures, clues, bloods, foods, and the bananas that we're going to be giving them, every time that they sacrifice one of those artifacts, it is also going to grow our army. And, it's like and, and, and. And Kibo also, when he attacks, defending player sacrifices an artifact. So we can also play a little bit of removal and also anthem up our creatures when we attack. Well, now let's look at some monkeys and apes that we should be running in this commander deck because... Honestly, I had no idea what apes and monkeys there even were in Commander, other than Ragavan, of course, because Ragavan just is very good and competitive and modern, staple, and $80. But Gorilla Shaman is a one red mana creature, ape shaman. That is a 1-1 one, one creature that reads XX and 1, destroy target non-creature artifact with mana value X. With this creature we are going to be constantly able to blow up artifacts that our opponents have in play which is pretty good i mean there's a lot of powerful artifacts in the game you know you got soul ring arcane signet lots of ramp there's also some just like utility pieces like isochron scepter which is also a combo piece being able to blow that up and it's not a tap ability so we can activate it whenever and it's on an ape so it's going to grow in power also when we blow stuff up is really really powerful Yuktabi Orangutan, one of the most well-known magic cards because of its art. If you don't know, look it up. It's two and a green for a creature ape, and when it comes into play, destroy target artifact. And it is a two-two creature. So when obviously it comes into play, it's going to blow up an artifact. It's an ape, so it's going to get anthemed every time we blow up an artifact. And since it ETBs and blows up an artifact, it's going to pump up all our creatures. It's basically just a Rex Age that happens to be an ape, and it doesn't hit enchantments. Kogla, the Titan Ape, is also going to be a staple in this commander. Seeing as he's an ape, he's a massive beater. He comes down, and he fights something, so he's removal. And whenever he attacks, destroy target artifact or enchantment defending player controls, and he'll grow our army. Kibo is a very unique Gruul commander, but he fits right on key with Gruul being the stompy, aggressive... Yeah, big creatures like monkeys and apes that just come in and destroy artifacts and enchantments or rip them apart. 
He's really good flavor-wise. And to get rid of the most artifacts on the board, of course, look no further than Vandal Blast. Vandal Blast is going to blow up all artifacts our opponents don't control as long as we overload it for five mana. And that is a huge card. Like, I mean, that's going to blow up every artifact. It's going to pump up all of our apes and monkeys. That card's ridiculous. That card is obviously going to be a staple in this deck. Also, Vandal Blast is starting to drop in price. It's only like $3 now, so it's more affordable. So this deck will definitely want to pick it up. So play Gruul Stompy the way it's supposed to be played by smashing artifacts and winning with big monkeys. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and look at the next three legendary creatures that are really cool from this set. So stick around. We got a rabbit wizard, a big yeti, and a angel that's also a vampire. All right, I am back, and next we are going to take a look at Isu the Abominable, the perfect commander for those snow-themed builds. Isu the Abominable is a legendary snow creature yeti for three and two blue mana that reads, you may look the top card of your library at any time, and you may play snowlands and cast snow spells from the top of your library. Whenever another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may play green, white, or blue. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on Isu. It's time to create the perfect winter wonderland on the battlefield by bringing as many snow permanent cards into play as you can. Your commander is going to allow you to have the information of your draws and is allowed to cast them if they are snow spells and play snow lands. The plus one plus one counter strategy is all right, but I think just being able to have card advantage is enough and we get access to Bont Colors, which is perfect for snow theme. The first card that always comes to mind with snow strategies is Merit Lage's Slumber. Not only do we get to cast it from the top of our library since it's a snow permanent, but allows us to scry whenever a snow permanent enters the battlefield. And at the beginning of our upkeep, if we have 10 or more snow permanents, we get a 20-20 Merit Lage with Flying and Indestructible. There is a lot of new snow support thanks to Kaldheim. I'm not quite sure how this deck wants to close out a game. Merit Lage is definitely one of them, seeing as it's a 2020. But you remember, it's also a token. It has Indestructible. It does not have Hexproof, so if they bounce it to your hand, you're obviously going to lose Merit Lage's Slumber. So you just got to keep that in mind. Icebreaker Kraken is also a really cool way to kind of mess with some of your opponents it is a 10 colorless mana and two blue snow creature kraken but it costs one less to cast for each snowland we control when it enters the battlefield artifacts and creatures target opponent controls don't untap during that player's next untap step and it's an 8-8 we can also return three snowlands from our hand to return icebreaker kraken to our hand so we can like keep playing it and keep their stuff tapped but it's only target so it's not really gonna you know, if we're locked in a 1v1 battle for the win, we can use it maybe to take over our opponent, but it does not seem like it is going to win us the game. Merit Lage's Slumber is probably your go-to win in this deck, so if you want to go that route, Search for Glory is probably going to be the card that you can use to search it up. It is a two and a white snow sorcery that says search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. You gain one life for each snow mana spent to cast this spell. 
so it's going to gain us a little bit of life. And since we're going to be running almost all snow permanents, we're going to be able to tutor for almost any card in our deck that we might need. It's also a very affordable tutor, seeing as it's like 50 cents to a dollar, so it's a nice budget tutor that you can throw in this deck. This deck is in no means going to see any competitive play, it's just going to be a fun little casual deck. Also, you could play Landfall if you wanted to, since you have the ability to play lands from the top of your library. You can play things like Azusa and Exploration that allow you to play multiple lands a turn, and then you could lean more into like Skeet Swarms and Avenger of Zendikar effects to pump up your creatures and to build an army to knock out your opponents. So I'm not really sure how you want to build this deck. There's a lot of different ways. I don't think the plus one plus one counter on Isu is really going to build up. If you really want to play plus one plus one counters, I mean, go for it. You have access to Bonts. You have access to lots of plus one plus one counter strategies. You have Hardened Scales and other effects like that that'll constantly be putting counters on him. So it's all up to you. I'll just have to be proven wrong. If you know how to take advantage of this commander and close out a game, let me know. And if you are going to build this commander, let me know what cards you would add to the 99. Moving on to one of one of my favorite cards from this new set. It is a legendary creature, Rabbit Wizard. And Rabbit Wizards are very close to my heart, seeing as Quain is one of my favorite commander decks that I have ever put together. Preston the Vanisher is a three and a white legendary creature rabbit wizard that reads, whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't cast, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a zero one white illusion. Has another ability for one and a white and sacrifice five illusions, exile target non-land permanent. And he is a two five. This commander is pretty cool. I love Blink Strategies, and Aminato is one of my favorite commanders of all time, but this commander is super unique and has removal stapled on. He's also a 2-5, so he can be a decent blocker for us. And obviously this commander is all about blinking and finding other ways to get our creatures into play without casting them from our hands. This commander is also kind of a combo machine. Being able to combo with basically just Felidar Guardian on his own is pretty strong, but... Felidar Guardian has been a combo piece for some time now, so it's not surprising that he basically just wins games when he comes into play, or just being able to flicker something for four mana isn't that bad on a body that we can then flicker again. Ephemerate is obviously going to be the go-to cantrip for this deck. It is a one white mana instant that says, exile target creature we control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And it has rebound, so if we cast a spell, we can exile it, and then at the beginning of our upkeep, we will cast it for free. So for one white mana, as long as our commander's out, we will blink a creature. So if it has an ETB, it'll trigger. And Preston will see a creature enter the battlefield that wasn't cast, make a 0-1 illusion copy of it, get another ETB trigger, and then on our upkeep, cast Ephemerate again, target the creature again, get another ETB trigger, make another 0-1 illusion, and get another ETB trigger. So for one white mana, we get four ETB triggers, and two zero one illusions. That is a lot of value packed in a one white mana instant. Creatures that blink other creatures are going to be a must in this deck, seeing as they could kind of reflect off of each other and we'll get a big army of illusions. If we want to like play coat of arms, I don't know, that'd be an interesting way to kill people with the illusion creatures. But I mean, creatures that blink other creatures, we have Charming Prince, Restoration Angel, 
Flicker Wisp, obviously Felidar Guardian. There are a lot of other ones. Eldrazi Displacer on a ability we can blink something and return it to the battlefield. Again, there are a lot of cards that blink other cards. And then enchantments, we have Teleportation Circle and an Artifacts. We have Conjurer's Closet. And then with Panharmonicon, we're going to get double ETBs. I mean, this commander just seems like it is a lot of fun to play. And it's mono-white. Like, this is another mono-white commander that seems quite good. Thinking of another mono-white commander that we could add in the 99 is Loran of the Third Path. Loran of the Third Path is a legendary creature human artificer from Brothers War. And when she enters the battlefield, you get to destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment. So she is basically a Reclamation Sage in white. She also has some card draw tacked on, but more about the ETB. We'll obviously get an Occlusion copy of her if we blink her, but we'll have two legendary creatures with the same name, so we'll have to do the legend rule. But even so, if we blink her and then we get to blow up two artifacts and enchantments, that's a lot of value. Now you might be wondering, we're in mono white, so what about card draw? Well, thanks to Wall of Omens and Spirited Companion that when they entered the battlefield, we draw a card. We should have no problem keeping our hands full. Recursion, we have Sun Titan. Sun Titan, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, we get a permanent card with mana value three or less from our graveyard to the battlefield. And guess what? That card wasn't cast, so we're going to make a copy of it thanks to Preston. Solemn Simulacrum, when it enters the battlefield, we're going to get a Plains into play tapped. So if we blink that and we get multiple copies, we are going to be ramping almost as proficiently as green, which is... Pretty good for white, gotta say. This commander just looks like a lot of fun to play. Obviously, it's got a ton of combo potential. Probably gonna win with like an Alter of the Brood effect or some other way. And it has removal stapled on. I think this commander is just going to be seen a lot because I think it has a lot of hype behind it. You can also throw in like Lazelle's Acrobatics or Eerie Interlude, which are gonna blink all of your things that you control and then get multiple copies. This commander just looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. He's a rabbit wizard. I mean, it's going to be perfect. And my love of rabbit wizards will never run out. And also, while we're still on Preston, thinking about the 99 of other blink decks. You know, Aminato probably wants him for a casual build. Some other, like Yorion and Brago, maybe want him for a casual build because he's going he's gonna to generate a lot of value for just being on the board. And if we need removal, he's got that too. Well, we have finally made it to the last legendary creature we are going to take a look at from Jumpstart today. Again, there are other legendary creatures if you want to take a look. Most of them are up on EDHREC, so always a valuable source to look at new commanders from new sets. And maybe just, there's not very many decks built with these guys yet, but you can get a little general idea of what you might want to pick up. So without further ado, the last legendary creature we are going to look at today is my personal favorite when it comes to design and functionality is going to be Rodolph Duskbringer. Rodolph is a legendary creature, Vampire Angel, which already a really cool creature pairing, for five and one black mana that reads, Flying Death Touch Lifelink. Whenever you gain life, Rodolph gains indestructible and until end of turn. And at the beginning of your end step, you may pay one and a hybrid ores off, so white or black. And when you do, return target creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. And he's a 4-4. Four, four. This is one of those commanders that you probably would want to kill on site, but you will never be able to. 
This card almost has as much evasion as, like, Narset. All you have to do is gain life, and he gains Indestructible until the whole end of turn. You know how many ways you can, like, instant speed gain life? Keep a Pristine Talisman untapped and just tap it whenever you need either mana or you need to give him Indestructible until end of turn. This commander is going to survive board wipe after board wipe. He's also, even with just attacking, he has lifelink and flying and death touch, and if he deals damage, he's going to have Indestructible. This commander won't die. He's already going to guarantee you to gain 4 life, which 4 mana being able to recur for only 2 there are a lot of cards that are only four or less mana that you're probably going to want to recur over and over and over again. Thinking about some cards that would be great to add into the 99, we have Cleric Class. Cleric Class is a one white mana enchantment, so it's like the best enchantment in this deck. It's either going to gain us more life, pump up our commander whenever we gain life, or just be an extra recursion spell on the battlefield, and we're going to gain life after the recursion. This card is crazy. Seeing as it's going to pump up our commander, it's going to help us gain more life. And it says if we gain much life, we gain that much plus one instead, which means we're going to end up gaining more life, which means we're going to be able to recur more creatures, and we're going to be able to recur bigger creatures, meaning we could throw in, like, Shieldred. If we throw in Shieldred, then she's going to recur creatures, and then it's going to make our opponent sacrifice creatures. This commander just seems really cool. Obviously, we are also going to be playing a graveyard strategy with the Reanimator, so, Buried Alive is also going to be one of our go-to spells. Of course, Buried Alive is a 2 and a black mana sorcery that says search your library for up to 3 creature cards and put them into your graveyard. That way we can get any 3 creatures we want and recur them as long as we gain enough life. Now, what are we going to be recurring? Well, probably the one way we can end the game is with Gary, also known as Grey Merchant of Asphodel. For 3 and 2 black, he enters the battlefield and each opponent loses X life and we gain X life where X is... Nope, 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 nope. Each opponent loses X life where X is your devotion to black and you gain life equal to the life lost, which is more life. And he's a 2-4. So if you just keep recurring this over and over again, your life total is going to be really high. So unless someone's coming to combo, they're probably not going to be able to kill you very fast. And you're just going to be draining your opponents multiple times as long as you can keep recurring this. Another card that is probably what I would do if I built this commander and I'd recur over and over and over again, equip Lightning Grief so he has haste, is Dothy Voidwalker. Dothy Voidwalker is a two black creature shadow that is really good at shutting down all graveyard strategies because he basically says whenever a card goes into an opponent's graveyard, you exile it with a void counter on it and you can sacrifice Dothy, tap him, sacrifice and you can cast one of the spells or play a land for free without paying its mana cost, which is really powerful effect. So being able to constantly recur Dothy and keep casting those spells from exile with the void counters on them is really neat. So how are we going to get these cards into our graveyards once they're in play? Well, seeing as we're in Orzhov, we have access to Viserysir, which is a one black vampire wizard that can sacrifice a creature and scry one. It can even sacrifice itself if we're in a pinch and we can just bring it back from the graveyard. High Market is going to be our best utility land in the deck. It is a sack outlet on a land. All we have to do is tap it and sacrifice a creature, and we gain one life for doing that. So we're going to gain one life uh, for sacrificing a creature and fill our graveyard. Other lands, we've got Radiant Fountain. When it enters the battlefield, we gain two life. Again, if we can just gain life by doing absolutely nothing... 
is going to definitely be really easy to cast creatures over and over and over again from our graveyard. This commander might be a little mana intense, but we're in black, so we have access to all the rituals we need. So ritual this commander out quick and turn him into an engine and just keep sending things back and forth from the graveyard. I think that about wraps it up looking at the new commanders from Jumpstart 2022. Well, some of them. There are a lot of new commanders from this set, and just a lot of neat cards and reprints as well. Also, the anime-style reprints. Curious to know what people think of those. I'm a fan, but I like anime. And it's a little odd that they are doing it in all packs instead of Japanese exclusives like they did the Strixhaven and the War of the Spark Planeswalkers, or in a secret lair, but whatever. Anime, anime Aminato Preordain is definitely going to go in my Aminato CDH for sure. Hope you enjoy Jumpstart 2022 and the new commander decks that are coming Friday. A little product overload, but we shouldn't be surprised at Wizards anymore. Hasbro wants money, so more product is the answer? Maybe. Well, but it's not going to stop them from shoving it down our throats. Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode. I'll catch you Saturday for a Commander Quick Take, and spoiler alert, it's going to be one of the Jumpstart Commanders that I didn't cover, and I will catch you later.